7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America, 3 p.m. in London, it's 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia, it's 1948. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? Happy Monday. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Monday. Don't we love it? I'm telling you, it has been one of those days. But lots going on. So much going on today. Uh, Welcome also to our podcast listeners. If you are one of those, we appreciate your subscriptions and downloads. And thank you for that. Listening in on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, all across, anywhere you find podcasts, just search for I'm Not Wearing Pants. You'll find it. You'll see this, uh, this logo. You'll know you got the right show. There's a few... Uh, I'm not wearing pants things out there, but we are the original, if not the best. So thank you for that. And across Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch.tv. Um, YouTube, by the way, please, uh, youtube.com slash Malaysia. Go over there and hit that subscribe button. It's right down over, over here somewhere on YouTube. Please subscribe. Really means a lot. Costs you nothing. And means the world to me. If you would really like to help out, you can go to patreon.com slash jsheldon. We have readjusted all of our tiers. It's much more affordable now. You get some cool stuff depending upon what tier level you sign up at. Very inexpensive, even if you're a Malaysian, because we adjusted for that. You know, USD to Malaysia is like 10 billion to one. So... We had to keep you folks in mind, of course. Um, all right, we want to start off right off the top, even before Miko update, with this wonderful, amazing woman. This is my mom. And today is my mom's birthday. Yes. Um, wow. Yeah, um, I, I, she's an amazing woman. She's 80, what, 86, I think? Um, she put up with me for many, many years, but she, uh, in spite of my protestations, uh, she raised me right. And I'd like to think that, uh, that I am today what uh, she made me. She gave me the, all of us, there were five of us. I'm the oldest of five in our family. And, uh, she went through some unbelievably difficult times in her life, got through it, came out the other side, a stronger woman. And still going strong today. Still has all her wits about her. Still is as crazy as I am. And I miss her dearly. And I love her very much. So, Mom, a very happy birthday to you. She is truly, truly an amazing lady. All right. It's time. Miko update. <laughs> An abbreviated version tonight. Miko update. 
Miko, are you still out there? Nah. She was earlier. She's not now. But, um, oh, geez, now i got to adjust this. You can see all my live events. I'll just go to Facebook if you want. There you go. That is the little lady. We went, actually went out, other than our daily walk. Uh, yesterday, we went for our daily walk. Then we got back a little early, and we went to, what's it called? Tropicana Metro Park? I forget. Anyway, it, it was closed. But we still were able to walk around a bit. We couldn't get into the park because, you know, lockdowns. But um, we were able to get at least some different territory for, uh, for a little Miko romp around the, uh, the sidewalks and uh, check it out. So we took a few beauty shots of Miko there. And, uh, yeah, she had a great time. We didn't stay too long, but uh, it was nice. It looks like when the park opens up, It'll be nice. We very much miss Dessa Park City, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a while. So, yeah, we had we had a blast there. All right, let's get on and uh, move over to... Uh, oh, 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 we also want to uh, let you know that in addition to it being Merdeka Month here in Malaysia, Merdeka is the last day of August, uh, yesterday began... I'm, I'm not going to say this right, so bear with me. Uh, Zong Yuan the Zongyuan Festival in Taoism, and Yulanpen Festival in Buddhism. It is basically what they call Hungry Ghost Month. And um, it's held in a lot of Asian countries. According to the Chinese calendar, the Ghost Festival is on the 15th night of the seventh month. Um, so all this month, in some countries it lasts 15 days in some it lasts the full lunar cycle which is what 28 days i guess um it's also called ghost month and it is believed i think on the last day of ghost month the gates of hell open and all the ghosts come out and get food and drink and things and there's certain beliefs like you're not supposed to go out at night and all that kind of stuff. I mean, people do, but that's like the old traditional beliefs. Uh, people are a little more cautious during Ghost Month. So the gates of hell open. But that's okay, because three nights a week, we open the gates of hell right here. So don't got to worry about that. Speaking of hell, okay, I got to readjust. <laughs> Bear with me. People are... Uh, People are talking about, of course, the vaccines, and I have to be careful about what I talk about because I'll probably get censored or thrown off or a hit on YouTube or wherever, Facebook. And so I'm just going to throw this out there. There are anti-vax people. There are pro-vaccine people. There are people who don't care one way or the other. Uh, like I said, my opinion is, you know what? It is private medical information between you and your doctor and I think it ought to stay that way. Whether you're pro or anti, you know, you do you. I'll do me, you do you. Um, but with all the stuff out there, both pro and anti-vaccine, I saw this and my first reaction was, are you freaking kidding me? If, <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's the WHO, so, you know, who trusts them anymore? idiots but can you 
I just cannot imagine. I mean, I'll be fair, maybe. It's how you get infected, sort of. So, maybe. But a vaccine that you just put this thing... There's a YouTube video about it. Just search for... I don't know, where is it? It says COVID-19 vaccine. I don't know who's who's, uh, the world's first inhaled... COVID-19 vaccine is coming. Oh, it's Difference Frames the World is the uh, the site on YouTube. And I'm not going to play the video. I just put this screenshot up there to show you. And um, it's apparently a vaccine that you put this mask over your face, take a deep breath, and off you go. I... I don't know. <laughs> uh, the aerosol inhalation vaccine, similar protective eff- efficacy as the intramuscular vaccine, fewer side effects apparently in, in, in adults. I'm assuming this is probably still under study. It is not readily available. Uh, it can also be used as a booster. It can significantly improve the already vaccinated population's multiple immunization effects against the new uh, mutations. At the same time, uh, the dose of this vaccine is relatively low, which indirectly yields uh, increases the yield of the vaccine significantly, and it can effectively solve the problems of medical waste disposal. As a result, more suitable for a <clears throat> large-scale vaccination. So. Suck it up and get in line. I'll just leave that there. Actually, I won't leave it there. I'll share this with you, too. I saw this today. It's from Marriage Conservation. Listen, everybody. Something's not right. Please turn back. See this guy? And the other guy says, shut up, idiot. Do as you say. It's for the common good. What? All the little sheeples. There they go. Uh, that in no way relates to my previous story. Okay, yeah. All right, time for some good news since we got through the bad news. And we're going to go back to the bad news again, too, because I got some other morons that have been doing unbelievably stupid stuff, and we're going to share that with you, too. But this one's a goodie. Oh, my goodness. What a story. It's from World of Buzz, and a hat tip to the good folks at worldofbuzz.com. You want to read the whole story, you can go over there and search this. What an amazing story. A 70-year-old man in 1976 Indian Airlines crash who was presumed dead reunites with his family after 45 years. Look at this. This is insane. A 70-year-old man from India who was presumed dead after the Indian Airlines plane crashed in Mumbai back in 1976 returned home to Kolam last week, July 31st, after 45 years. The sweet homecoming of the man, Sajid Thangai, was a roller coaster of emotions as his 91-year-old mother waited for his arrival with sweets ready for her son to come home into her arms. Upon his arrival, the both of them hugged and cried. Villagers and local leaders graced the occasion. This was uh, reported by the Hindustan Times. 
That original plane crash claimed 95 lives back in 1976. And this guy, at the amazing age of 70, actually had survived the crash and was just after 45 years reunited with his family. Man, that is amazing. Incredible. What a great, great story. Had to share that today. All right. What else have we got? Oh, I know. I put some weird mushrooms on my thumbnail tonight because <laughs> I wanted to share this. I don't know what they're all called. I'm sure some of you do if you are uh, fungi fans, but you got to check this out. This is just past weird. This, look at this. These, again, if you're listening into the podcast, sorry, rumble.com slash jsheldonnopants. You can watch the video version of our show. It's up right after we're live. So check it out, rumble.com slash jsheldonnopants. So, oh, this is purely visual. Uh, it's some pictures of an absolutely amazing collection of the world's spookiest mushrooms. Now, look at this thing. Can you say... Little Shop of Horrors? Look at that. That is insane. This would fit right on the set of any thriller horror movie. It's crazy. How about this one? These look like ears. They actually look like human ears. This is a fungus. It's a mushroom. Insane. This one, which looks like a hand coming up out of the ground. Actually, as white as it is, looks like a dead body's hand coming up out of the ground. <laughs> Scary. Check this out. This is beautiful. It looks like it's been covered in ice, but that's actually part of the fungus, part of the mushroom. These are amazing. Look at that. Whoa. I'm assuming this part here probably explodes and the spores. Should... Look, at there's one just starting to pop. This is insane. You know, we showed you, was it last week or the week before, that cabbage field that looked like the xenomorphs? This does that one better. <laughs> These are wild. Absolutely incredible. Look at that. Mushrooms are all weird. Very weird. They look like rocks. These are glow-in-the-dark. They're bioluminescent mushrooms. That's fantastic. That is so cool. I've seen these before. In, re in, uh, in real life. <laughs> in real life, that sounds funny. But no, I, I have seen these before. They're incredible. Um, here's some weird, hairy suction cup things. I don't know. These are just the strangest things. Um, okay, have no idea what that is. Looks like the inside of a papaya after it's half eaten. This is really strange. Again, looks like a weird collection of rocks. Look, oh, brain matter. Mmm, the brain matter mushroom. Very nice. <laughs> uh, is that a morel? I think it is. I, th I don't know much, like I said, I'm not a fungi uh, fan, but I mean, I like eating them if they're edible. And no, I've never done those kind of mushrooms. Uh, that's the weird thing about mushrooms. Some are delicious. Some will get you higher than a kite and others will kill you. So, uh, yeah, oh, this is beautiful. Look at that. Amazing. Okay, we won't go with any innuendos with that picture. That's cool. 
That looks like uh, monkey cups, the plant we have growing wild here in Malaysia. But this is a mushroom. Uh, again, another Seymour thing. Ah, this one we used to have back in Connecticut, growing in our lawns occasionally. They'd pop up. And then when you when you step on them, or if you squeeze them, this puff of smoke comes out of them. And it does look like smoke. It's actually the spores. And so you're actually helping out the mushroom if you step on them to... Uh, propagate the species. But yeah, these mushrooms used to grow quite wild when I was a boy in uh, in Cornwall, Connecticut. Very cool. Weird. That looks like a crow with many mouths. <laughs> okay, enough, enough, enough. Enough of that. These mushrooms are freaking me out. I think we've had enough, thanks. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I need some coffee to wash down the mushrooms. Mmm. Oh, speaking of which, I, uh, I, uh, I ordered some durian. And again, we've talked about durian on the show. It's the king of fruits here in Malaysia and Southeast Asia. Um, normally, Caucasian people hate it. It's very smelly. It tastes weird to Caucasian taste buds. Not this guy, but to a lot of Caucasian taste buds. Um, but probably the, in Malaysia anyway, the top of the food chain durian is called Musan King. It is incredibly expensive. I'm talking incredibly expensive. And um, I was, uh, as you know, we have not been able to go to Genting to my favorite pastime, which is the slot machines, for well over a year now because the idiots who you know, believe in controlling viruses with politics instead of science have locked us down under house arrest for forever, and we still are. Um, so, ooh, did I just say that? Yes, I did. Uh, but anyway, we aren't able to go. So I was looking at the Genting site, and we get points. You know, you have your player's card when you're at the casino. You put it in the machine, and you get points the more you gamble because they're just rewarding you for spending your money. So I've got a ton of points, and not being able to get back to the casino for over a year, of course, they're just sitting there, and they're like money. So they had all these different offers. In fact, this handphone was paid for by my winnings and losings at Genting. So <laughs> anyway, they had an offer of Musan King Durian, delivered fresh, and uh, I said, okay, what the hell? It, it was, It was not cheap, but it's like... Genting points. So it's kind of money I've already spent. Why not spend it? It's just going to sit there. I can't go to the store and buy milk and bread with it. So I ordered some. It came today and we had it tonight. And oh my goodness. I did not, th I've never had Musan King before. And I really didn't think <clears throat> it would be that different. I've said before, don't hate me, Malaysia, but I prefer Thai durian to Malaysian durian because I found when I was in Thailand, the durian there was sweeter, and I prefer something sweeter. In Malaysia, it's it's kind of sweet, kind of bitter. It's always creamy and, and odd tasting, but it's a nice taste. I love it. But this Musan King, hands down winner. Wow. It is amazing. I love it. I ate so much, I'm going to be in so much trouble. 
You're not supposed to eat that much because it's, I love this, it's what they call heaty. Uh, yeah, I'm a little hot tonight. So anyway, we got the Musan King. Uh, I, I bought it as a gift for my other half and I ate a bunch too. But uh, oh man, it is, it is amazing. If you ever get a chance and you have a little extra cash or find somebody to buy it for you, get some Musan King. I can highly recommend it. All right. Uh, let's see. There is no good way to segue to this next story. Uh, so I'm just going to plow right into it. I put in the headline tonight, the idiots really managed to continue to show off just how freaking stupid they can be. And here is the best example of that. <laughs> yeah. We talked about it when the, uh, I don't know if it was Pandalela or one of the female divers had the pixelated picture because these, you know, idiots. Here is our pocket rocket, the amazing Kirin competitor who won the silver medal for Olympic, uh, for Malaysia for the Olympics. Congratulations again. He's wearing the usual bicycle outfit of, you know, whatever that is, spandex, lycra outfit that bicyclists wear. And these overzealous morons felt the need to put a giant black box over his midsection. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you fair warning, folks. You may want to avert your eyes. You may want to take the young children out of the room because I'm going to show you what's behind the black box. There you go. <gasps> I can't look. I can't look. Is it okay? Is it all right to come out now? Again, when is the stupidity going to stop? Apparently not soon. Okay. <sighs> Can we do something good, please? We got something good? Yes, we do. We have something good. <laughs> the shopping cart. I showed you before a picture back when I was in radio, back in the 80s, of me at about 300 pounds, first of all. But second of all, I had gone out because people were calling my talk show on the air, on the radio, and complaining about shopping carts that had been left all over the city. So I started to drive to go out and pick up the shopping carts and bring them back to the stores. The shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. Check this out. To return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task, and one which we all recognize as, recognize as the correct, the appropriate thing to do. You take your groceries to your car, you load them in the boot or the trunk, and then you take the shopping cart and you put it back in the corral or you bring it back to the store. To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than a dire emergency in which you are not able to return your cart. Therefore, the shopping cart represents itself as an apex example 
of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one will punish you for not returning the shopping cart. No one will fine you or kill you for not returning the shopping cart. You gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must return the shopping cart because it's the right thing to do, because it is correct. A person who is not able to do that is no better than an animal. An absolute savage who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with the law and the force that stands behind it. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is a good or a bad member of society. And there you go. So, return your shopping carts. Don't be an animal. <laughs> oh, man. All right, two more things, and then we'll get on with our book here. Uh, again, found this today, loved it, had to share. Um, if you're feeling your life is a bit um, overwhelming or your past is a little overwhelming, this might help. Even though there were days, I wish I could change some things that happened in the past. There's a reason that the rearview mirror is so small and the windshield is so big. Where you're headed is a lot more important than what you left behind. Nice. Where you're headed is much more important than what you left behind. Words to live by, my friends. No regrets. It's back there. One of my favorite lines, in fact, I wrote this into a film that I wrote once. I stole it. And I can't remember. It might have been The Amazing Race. Or it might have been... It might have been that one with Burt Reynolds where they race across America. What was that called? Cannibal Run. I think it was Cannibal Run. The crazy Italian team gets in the car. And the first thing the guy does is grab the rearview mirror, rip it off, and throw it out of the car. And he says the classic line, first rule of Italian driving, what's behind you doesn't matter. <laughs> That's true. Hey, there's a group of Malaysians, and again, hat tip to World of Buzz for this. I wanted to publicize this because it is the coolest idea. If you're interested, please sign up, spread the word, check out World of Buzz for the story. Um, a creative new initiative which teaches you how to play the guitar while helping the underprivileged. It's called Guitar for a Cause, and it's coming up on the 22nd of August. It's uh, via Zoom, and uh, it's a workshop. You can learn groovy guitar tips and tricks with Nish the Fish, who is a Malaysian-born, Hollywood-based alternative rock guitarist and also associate of art in music student at Musicians Institute in Los Angeles. 
And a Malaysian put this together. It's a brilliant idea. If you're thinking about picking up a hobby while you're stuck at home, um, you're, you can hone your guitar skills while helping out the underprivileged. Natasha Ann John, who is at Nat10June, uh, took to her Instagram account to showcase a fundraising initiative alongside her friend Nish the Fish, who is at all, uh, It's All Love Man who has made quite a name for himself in the music scene as a guitarist. <clears throat> and uh, she writes, My dear friend, legendary guitarist, and all-around groovy dude Nish the Fish and I have put together a small fundraiser. We'll be conducting a super cool online guitar masterclass, and this will be used to raise money for those struggling during the pandemic, because it is a huge injustice that people have to live in food insecurity. Very true. So all the proceeds from this, you pay a fee to sign up to join the Zoom meeting and you get this cool guy. It's only 20 ringgit, which, you know, in the U.S. is like, what, two bucks? So 20 ringgit is not bad. And all the proceeds go to the Lost Food Project. And that's a Malaysian food resource NGO that fights hunger and climate change by tackling food waste. Helping feeding the less fortunate, you'll be able to learn how to play the guitar from an industry professional. And like I said, a minimum donation is 20 bucks. So by all means, worth it. You don't need mad guitar skills to join. Any type of guitar you own, bring it with you uh, on the Zoom call, of course. And uh, one that you borrowed even, borrow, borrow a guitar from a friend. Um, and have the enthusiasm to learn. Also, by the way, you don't have to join to make a donation. If you'd like to help out this, you can make a general donation of the cause, no minimum amount uh, required. Of course, larger donations would be welcome. And um, it's uh, 22nd of August, 10 a.m. via Zoom. And uh, there is a link there in the World of Buzz article. And uh, very cool. So there you go. You can, uh, you can find out more and get signed up. That would be a really great idea. We hope that you would help to, uh, to support that cause, which is why I wanted to get it out there on the show and let you know about it. Because, uh, yeah, it's a worthwhile one by all means. Very, very cool. Okay. Are you ready? It's time to move on up and over to our good friends at the Jungle Book. Rudyard Kipling wrote this amazing book back in the 1800s, and we've been reading it. We are right smack dab in the middle, right towards the end, actually, of the chapter of Ricky Tiki Tavi, the mongoose. And uh, we left it at a very tense moment. As you know, Ricky Tiki had killed Nag, uh, the, uh, the cobra. And the cobra's wife, Nagaina, was in the house. The family, mother, father, and Teddy. And the cobra, Nagaina, was right in position to pounce. And where we left it last time, Teddy's eyes were fixed on his father. And all his father could do was whisper, Sit still, Teddy. You mustn't move. Teddy, keep still. We'll continue now with Ricky Tiki Tavi from the Jungle Book. Ricky Tiki came up and cried, Turn around, Nagaina! 
turn around and fight. All in good time, she said without moving her eyes. I will settle my account with you presently. Look at your friends, Ricky Tiki. They are still and white. They are afraid. They dare not move. And if you come a step closer, I strike. Look at your eggs, said Ricky Tiki. In the melon bed near the wall, go look, Nagaina. The big snake turned half around and saw the egg on the veranda. Ah, give it to me, she said. Ricky Tiki put his paws one on each side of the egg, and his eyes were blood red. What price for a snake egg? For a young cobra, for a young king cobra, for the last, the very last of the brood, the ants are eating all the others down by the melon bed. Nagaina spun clear round, forgetting everything for the sake of one egg. Ricky Ticky saw Teddy's father shoot out a big hand, catch Teddy by the shoulder, and drag him across the little table with the teacups, safe and out of reach of Nagaina. Tricked! 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 Rick Tick Tick! said Ricky Ticky. The boy is safe, and it was I, I that caught Nag by the hood last night in the bathroom. Then he jumped up and down, all four feet together, his head close to the floor. He threw me to and fro, but he could not shake me off. He was dead before the big man blew him in two. I did it. Ricky ticky tick tick, come then, Nagaina. Come and fight with me. You shall not be a widow long. Nagaina saw that she'd lost her chance of killing Teddy, and the egg lay between Ricky Ticky's paws. Give me the egg, Ricky Ticky. Give me the last of my eggs, and I will go away and never come back, she said, lowering her hood. Yes, you will go away, and you will never come back, for you will go to the rubbish heap with Nag. Fight, widow. The big man has gone for his gun. Fight! Ricky Ticky was bounding all round Nagaina, just keeping out of reach of her strike. His little eyes like hot coals. Nagaina gathered herself together and flung out at him. Ricky Ticky jumped up and backward. Again and again she struck, and each time her head came with a whack on the matting of the veranda, and she gathered herself together like a watch spring. Then Ricky Ticky danced in a circle to get behind her, and Nagaina spun round to keep her head to his head, so that the rustle of her tail on the matting sounded like dry leaves blown along by the wind. He'd forgotten the egg. It still lay on the veranda, and Nagaina came nearer and nearer to it, 
till at last, while Ricky Ticky was drawing breath, she caught it in her mouth, turned to the veranda steps, and flew like an arrow down the path, with Ricky Ticky behind her. When the cobra runs for her life, she goes like a whiplash flicked across a horse's neck. Ricky Ticky knew that he must catch her, or all the trouble would begin again. She headed straight for the long grass by the thorn bush, and as he was running, Ricky Ticky heard Darzee still singing his foolish little song of triumph. But Darzee's wife was wiser. She flew off her nest as Nagaina came along and flapped her wings about Nagaina's head. If Darzee had helped, they might have turned her, but Nagaina only lowered her hood and went on. Still, the instant's delay brought Ricky Ticky up to her, and as she plunged into the rat hole where she and Nag used to live, his little white teeth were clenched on her tail, and he went down with her. And very few mongooses, however wise and old they may be, would care to follow a cobra into his hole. It was dark in the hole, and Ricky Ticky never knew when it might open out and give Nagaina room to turn and strike at him. He held on savagely and stuck out his feet to act as brakes on the dark slope of the hot, moist earth. Then the grass by the mouth of the hole stopped waving, and Darzee said, It's all over with Ricky Ticky. We must sing his death song. Valiant Ricky Ticky is dead, for Nagaina will surely kill him underground. She sang a very mournful song that he made up on the spur of the moment. And just as he got to the most touching part, the grass quivered again. And Ricky Ticky, covered with dirt, dragged himself out of the hole, leg by leg, licking his whiskers. Darzee stopped with a little shout. Ricky Ticky took some of the dust out of his fur and sneezed. It's all over. He said, the widow will never come out again. And the red ants that lived between the grass stems heard him and began to troop down one after another to see if he'd spoken the truth. Ricky Ticky curled himself up in the grass and slept right where he was. Slept and slept till it was late in the afternoon for he had done a hard day's work. Now, he said when he awoke, I will go back to the house. Tell the coppersmith, Darcy, and he will tell the garden that Nagaina is dead. The coppersmith is a bird who makes a noise exactly like the beating of a little hammer on a copper pot. And the reason he's always making it is because he is the town crier to every Indian garden, and tells all the news to anybody who cares to listen. As Ricky Ticky went up the path, he heard his attention notes like a tiny dinner gong, and then the steady ding-dong, 
talk. Nag is dead. Dong. Nagaina is dead. Ding dong talk. That's all the birds in the garden singing and the frogs croaking. For Nag and Nagaina used to eat frogs as well as the little birds. When Ricky got to the house, Teddy and Teddy's mother, she still looked very white still, for she'd been fainting. And Teddy's father came out and almost cried over him. And that night he ate all that was given him until he could eat no more, and went to bed on Teddy's shoulder, where Teddy's mother saw him when she came to look late at night. He saved our lives and Teddy's life, she said to her husband. Just think, he saved all our lives. Ricky Tiki woke up with a jump, for mongooses are light sleepers. Oh, it's you, he said. What are you bothering for? All the cobras are dead. And if they weren't, I'm still here. Ricky Tiki had a right to be proud of himself, but he didn't grow too proud. And he kept that garden as a mongoose should keep it, with tooth and jump and spring and bite till never a cobra dared show his head inside the walls. And we'll end the chapter with Darcy's chant, sung in the honor of Ricky Tiki Tavi. Singer and tailor am I, double the joys that I know, proud of my lilt to the sky, proud of the house that I sow. Over and under, so weave I my music, so weave I the house that I sow. Sing to your fledglings again, mother, O oh, lift up your head. Evil that plagued us is stain, death in the garden lies dead. Terror that hid in the roses is impotent flung on the dunghill and dead. Who has delivered us? Who? Tell me his nest and his name. Ricky, the valiant, the true. Ricky with eyeballs of flame. Ricky Tiki Tirki, the ivory fanged, the hunter with eyeballs of flame. Given the thanks of the birds, bowing with tail feathers spread, praise him with nightingale words, nay, I will praise him instead. Here I will sing you the praise of the bottled-tailed Ricky with eyeballs of red. Here, Ricky Tiki interrupted, and the rest of the song has been lost. Wow. That is the tale of Ricky Tiki from The Jungle Book. Coming up in our next stream, we'll continue on with The Jungle Book. We're nearing the end. The next chapter is called To My of the Elephants. Cool. We'll find out what that's all about on our next stream, which will be on Wednesday night. All right, my friends, thank you so much for uh, coming along for the ride. Really appreciate it. I will see you again on Wednesday night. Don't forget patreon.com slash Sheldon if you want to support the show and the stream. And uh, we, we really do appreciate that. All right. Happy birthday, Mom. And uh, we will see you all again on Wednesday night. Meantime, I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. Good night.